Big 3-0, that's the worst one in it. Oh, I know what you're thinking. My youth's over. I remember when I was 30, like you, I was going, oh, I'm in a rubbish job, my life's rubbish, nothing good ever happens to me, when will it change? But you know, things do change. And it could be worse. There's a neighbour of mine, Kelvin, he's 32, and he's still making podcasts. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to the third episode of Wernham Blog, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reviewing The Office, the UK edition. Uh, here with me we have this Cuban leader who's been in place since 1959, it's Seth. Hello. And you won't catch him out on Dostoevsky <laughs> because he reads a book a week, it's Danny. Sure do. And our resident professor in charge of watching Countdown all day is Jack. I think he's been on the wacky-backy. <laughs> Bloody students. <laughs> students. So, yeah, we're here to talk about the third episode. We've currently, uh, actually, we've just released the first episode this weekend, and we've had some amazing brief feedback from everybody, so thank you all for listening so far. So, let's kick this off. Then. I mean, the episode is a little bit different from the other episodes, obviously, we've had so far, and they've been largely introduction, uh, introduction episodes, and this is the first time, really, we take everybody out of the office and start to see a different side to everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of into it now. We've got the first two episodes out of the way, We've um, there was a bit of repetition there in terms of form, like you know, as we as we mentioned in episode two, the first two episodes they both start with Brent introducing someone to the office. You know, we kind of we're treading over the same ground, so we've now definitely got we've got the dynamics, we've got the characters. So now episode three, as with most TV shows, we can just start having some fun with it, and we can start ripping. Mm. And like you said, we kind of we go outside the office. So you've never worked in an office, Jack. I've never worked in an office either. And James and Danny, both of you two have, right? Correct. I'm wondering, and do, I'm wondering if it's a slightly different experience watching it with a more specific frame of reference, i.e. that's where you work. Because I kind of imagine what office life is like. I don't know if you guys find it, you know, a bit closer to home because you actually work in an office. Well, what you've got to remember is before, when I originally watched The Office back in 2001, I was only 17, so I had not worked in an office by then. So I think I always, every time I've worked in an office, I've always sort of seen it through that lens. Right, yeah. So I always just think... It's the chicken and the egg. Yes, the, I'm almost looking the for the David Brentness. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the dreariness and the slowness and yeah, the David Brentness. Yeah. That's, That's really interesting. interesting. I mean, I do that at work. I don't <laughs> yeah. work in an office, but I do, I'm the closest to an office environment I've ever been in. I have yeah. to do some work in an office. And I instantly mm. go into, like, Brent mode as soon as I have to do any admin or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, because we're all in, what? Are all in our thirties. It's well, the fact. We're, we're, it's we're the all, fact. So we're all like thirty-two. So yeah, when when in two thousand one, I'm old. I'm thirty-four. Oh, there you go. So Dad, right so bad. you were. Yeah. So I was fifteen when the office was, started. Just I was 15, seventeen. And you were seventeen. Yeah, we were yeah. fifteen. So yeah, so me, we you were, and James, I guess. Yeah, so we were still yeah. at that age when yeah we hadn't kind of had this experience yet, but we knew it was coming. It was kind mm. of barrel, especially you, Danny, would have been barreling towards you like you would have known yeah. at seventeen. Couldn't wait. If this is going to be it, and when and when and when and when Brent's talking to Tim about oh my youth's over my life's over and I remember watching it with my dad and us both laughing when he said stuff gets better but it was a kind of it was a bit of a dark laugh it's like <laughs> as if my dad <laughs> said as if my dad saying yeah this is what my life's like and it's what yours will be like too <laughs> yeah. well that's what's interesting about this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's, that's what's interesting about this episode because that's, that's what this episode really brings that theme of the show to the forefront and I think that's kind of what elevates eventually mm. that's what elevates the, this sitcom the office above lots of other sitcoms where it's yeah. not just about the cringe humor there's this kind of there's an actually a um a kind of 
a theme that really hit the zeitgeist at the time of like, mm. yeah, this kind of people trapped in jobs they don't want to do. Um, people kind of really, I mean, especially at the turn of the millennium, I remember in like 99, 2000, there was lots of films and TV shows really dealing with what are we doing with our lives? Like, mm. is this yeah. thing we have? Like, I'm thinking of like American Beauty and The Sopranos, where it's these kind of, I mean, and they were kind there's of... Like, there's they, a theme of existentialism, right, in a lot of these programmes. And The Office, I think, deals with that in its way. Yeah, exactly. Albeit, we, quite, albeit quite subtly. Yeah, because we had, yeah. we had the real consumerism of the 80s, where like it was just everyone was all about like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work, work in an office, tree, make your money. Yeah, and in the nineties, it was a bit. Do loads of coke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in the nineties, it was a bit laissez-faire, like yeah, kind of just yeah, just get on with it. Like it was a bit, it was a bit the come down from the eighties. Mm. And as we got to the end of the nineties and the beginning of the two thousands, everyone was like, "What? Are, what have you been doing for, for for twenty years? Like, why are we doing yeah. this? Like, what does this all mean? What does this all mean? What's the point of this? Yeah, I'm just working to live or living to work, kind of thing. Mm. And I think that really. And I guess that's why. Yeah. That is, that's why it hit the zeitgeist at the time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, especially yeah. with the character of Tim, who really comes into the forefront in this episode quiz. Like it's a, it's a very Tim centric episode, and that that thing yeah. really is brought out through, through exploring Tim a bit closer in this episode. And of course, and he's a classic kind of existentially tortured <laughs> character, Tim, isn't he? He's he's wondering what his purpose is and all this, and that facial expression just says that. Just says like, what am I doing with my life? What is this all about? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. There's so many of those good Tim faces in this episode. Actually, we talked yeah, about there's it loads. a couple there's of weeks ago. Ones, yeah. We talked about it a few weeks ago when it was like he's giving you the in to let you know when to laugh. But I think it kind of goes beyond that on this point when it is literally a cry for help. I think there's a, there's yeah. one moment when Finchie comes in and he's doing all this shtick with David initially and being quite uh, rude and you know objectionable to David. And basically, Tim just looks at the camera and is like, "Are you getting this? Are you are you actually yeah. recording? Yeah, this is my. Are life. you seeing this? Yeah. You're seeing what I'm seeing? What I deal with every day." But also, I think the other thing about this episode is we've kind of gotten a a perception of David just by watching the first two in isolation. And and you kind of think he's actually a bit of a knob. But then when you see this episode, you realise by comparison to Finchie, Finchie's a real prick. David goes from being the, the, the twat to actually being the... The underdog here, you know, this you is start the guy to empathise with him yeah, a bit more. Exactly. You start to get to the heart of Brent a bit more in this episode. And yeah, you, you start, start to feel more connected to him, you know. Yeah, you start to realise how actually kind of harmless it is. Yeah. Like, whereas Finchie comes along, yeah, just an absolute bully. Well, he's, yeah, absolutely. Bully's the right word. He's, he's a nasty piece of work, Finchie, in this episode. And he's like that from the second he walks in. Yeah, and you know, I mean, straight to be honest, we knew he was like that from the moment we heard about. Yeah, him. there was never going to be anything there's else. Been little, yeah, there's yeah. been little kind of drops about about Finchie yeah. in the first two episodes, and you kind of just know that if and when he turns up, he's just going to be. His he's even worse. He's even yeah, worse yeah, yeah. than you imagine, isn't he? Yeah. Well, David's ego got in the way last time, but actually, Finchie is basically the reason for David's problems in the last episode. Do you know what I mean? He, he, it's all down to yeah. Finchie making that picture, sending it out amongst his staff, and sort of David ending up almost well. Basically, making such a tit of himself in front of his his manager. <laughs> Depends. But, so but you might know. have thought he might have been some sort of ironic character or something like you know. But actually, he's just plain nasty. He's the only character in the office, Finchy, I believe, who's plain nasty mm. through yeah. and through. It's Tim's birthday today, yes. and he's sitting there, he's the only one in the office, he's come in super early because his mum's decided to wake him up on his birthday, so as if we didn't feel badly enough for him already, he's been woken up early on his birthday, on his 30th birthday, no lie-in, and he's forced to go into the office on his own. What you doing in so early? Shit the bed. But yes, the headline here is that we find out a little bit, we start to find out a little bit more about Tim's personal life, and actually in the rest of the episode we find out a bit more about Brent's personal life mm. as well, and Dawn. I mean, it's episode three now. And now we're finding out more about the characters. And we find out that yeah. Tim is still living with his parents, 30 years old, still living with his parents, 
which mm. now in 2018 isn't that much of a. Like, it's there's true. still it's, a stigma in England. There is still a stigma about living with your parents when well, you're older. Definitely would have been back in 2001 before yeah. the market crash. You know, we were just coming out of the uh, <laughs> September 11th hadn't happened. We were coming out of the boom of the 90s. You know, there was no reason why uh, a, a employed man in his 30s like Tim shouldn't have been living. You know, have a flat or something. Or Kelvin. Yeah. Or Kelvin. Yeah. 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 There's a neighbour of mine, Kelvin. He's 32. And he still lives with his parents. I live with my parents. Cherish him, really. So it was days. unusual in living at home in 30, perhaps, at that time. But you say that, though, it speaks well, to his ambitions, and it, it, it almost reflects his career as well. The fact that he's not got the, the gumption to get up and move out is the same reason he's not got the gumption to get up and leave the job and find something he wants to do, because he's worried about rolling a one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's kind of stoic, and he's kind of he's realistic, but he's, he's apathetic about his own life as well, to a degree where he's just got stuck. A lot of the characters don't really know where to go with their lives next, especially apparent between, you know, Dawn and Tim. They don't know what to do. They, they clearly have deep affection for each other. She's in the wrong relationship. He's just fed up and living at home. Dawn, I'm Brent fed up. Is, <laughs> Dawn, I'm fed up, yeah. yeah. Brent has got this relationship with this Chris Finch character who bullies him. But because he shows him some kind of, like, friendship and he offers him something, this one half of this comedy duo, again, he's searching for meaning. You know, he's searching for some meaning for his life. Who am I? Maybe I'm a great comedian. Maybe this guy's my foil, my other half. Yeah, he's actually just a horrible bully, and it exposes the true level of vulnerability in Brent. I well, the thing about Finchie is that he does have confidence. Like that's what he has, and yes. that's what Brent. Uh, um, is, what appeals to Brent? Like he sees this guy, he thinks, "I, I wish I had the confidence yeah. that that guy has." Finchie is the man he wants to be. Finchie's like a rock star to him. Mm. So he looks up at mm. Finchie. And it's just like, you know, lots... So it's such low self-esteem. That's what, what it is. Mean. And it goes back to that school. And a lot of The Office brings up, which it, it kind of it relates to real life, what brings like, up yeah. schoolyard um, dynamics. They last throughout the whole of your life. And you must have seen mm. in school, there's these kids that, no matter how mercilessly they're bullied, will still try and impress the bullies because mm. they see them as the outcomes. Yeah. That's what Brent and they're does. waiting for the they're waiting for the day where Finch kind of takes Brent under his wing. Yeah. He wants it to be like that, that, you know. The sad he thing is, to... is that Brent is a forty year old man who doesn't need to do that. He's yeah. the boss. He doesn't need to subjugate himself to Finchy, but he doesn't realise that because because he sees Finchy as the confident one who can tell jokes better than him, he sees he thinks that Finchy has the ultimate power. Mm. And Brent spends this whole episode well, the first half of this episode, like, excitedly building up Finchie, like, really, really just excited, <laughs> excited to kind of see him coming, you know, he's rushing and around the office telling everyone that Finchie's arriving, well, Finchie's yeah. coming, Finchie's coming, as if they and, care. Yeah, <laughs> as if they care, and he's utterly distracted, he's dropped all his responsibilities, even to the point where, when uh, Dawn says it's Tim's birthday, he just kind of goes, oh yeah. But yeah, he doesn't even say, oh, happy birthday. Well, we'll come on to that, because the, the, the next scene is actually when Brent is doing his introduction, really, his first sort of conversational piece to the camera uh, in this episode, and he is basically talking about Finchie's arrival, and he can't believe his luck. He's so excited that the cameras are finally going to get to meet Finchie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, you're awesome. Yes, together. And, and as yeah. on cue, the phone rings. Is it the phone rings, or does he ring him? I can't remember. He rings him, and makes sure he's coming yeah. at seven, and he, get, and he tells him the joke, doesn't he? What's black and slides down Nelson's column? Don't know. Winnie Mandela? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not racist. I know. Yeah, I thought you're the column because he's yeah, and she is black, and she probably actually is married. It's not even low. Yeah, seven. See ya. Bye. And this is absolutely brilliant because it all just we only see Brent's side of the conversation. Yeah. We haven't met Finch yet. We don't hear him on the phone, so we just see Ricky Gervais on one end of the phone, kind of going through so hearing good. the joke, it's not so understanding good. the joke, uh, but telling the joke back so that we know exactly what joke he's telling <laughs> and as an audience. And then and then kind of all of a sudden Brent, knowing that the cameras are yeah. there, is like, 
oh my god, is, are we going to get in trouble? Is this libelous? No, it's not. It's not even libelous. All right, see you later. Do you know? So he kind of so Gervais in this kind of like fifteen seconds goes through this whole gamut of emotions mm. and of different kind of Brent's mind is constantly ticking <laughs> because he knows the camera's right in front of him. Yeah. And he knows that it's only going to be on him if he says anything libelous or, or offensive. <laughs> and he's got wild eyes, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, just looking yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, I'm going to probably go on about this over and over during these episodes, but brilliant performance by Brent. Oh, yeah, Gervais. I was going to bring that up if you didn't. That, that's that, that's that where he's at his best, just with, with a phone and facial expression. Yeah, exactly. You know, he conveys so much through that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he goes on then to say about how him and Finchie, they've got this amazing back and forth. They're like Morecambe and Wise when they get together. But there are some things that he'll never laugh at. Like the handicaps. And this Can is I ask you guys a question about that scene? You know when he says oh, we're like Morgan and Wise, there's no straight man, so there's no dead wood. Yeah. I must admit, for the risk of fans sounding a bit stupid, I don't quite get that joke. What's he saying? Nah, no, no. <clears throat> well, he's, he's actually showing here that he really doesn't understand comedy. Exactly, exactly. Because, actually... So I'm not supposed to get it. In comedy, <laughs> in comedy, there has to be dead... Normally, the dynamic is there has to be a dead wood. There has to be a straight character. Like, think of the right, Naked yeah. Gun films. Mm -hmm. Leslie Nielsen, completely plays it straight, doesn't he? He doesn't get that it's funny. He's well, not Tim, just laughing. Tim's a dead wood, normally. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah, fact, Tim, the fact yeah. that he sees the straight man as being mm. dead wood, like, oh, no one wants to be straight yeah. man, that's the boring bit. Like, no one, no one even that. needs that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Two wacky characters. Shows, you know? So this whole episode mm. is kind of, like, this really focuses on um, on Brent's um, philosophy of comedy. Mm. And it just shows, yeah. like Danny said, he doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't know anything about comedy. He just doesn't understand it. Because mm. apparently he doesn't know much about anything in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Says, he's, he's actually just being found yeah. out and found Certainly out. Certainly not in the quiz. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. No yeah. wonder the place is going down the pan. It's a bloody waste of space. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but this is again this this, this, this talking head with Brent is another one of his over literal uh, analogies. Yeah, well, you yeah. know what I mean. We talked about it before, but when he goes on and on and on, and he finds himself sort of scrambling to get out of this analogy. Yeah, and yeah. He says, you know, what is it? He says at least yeah. a little, at least a little disabled body, a uh, little disabled fella is able minded. And then he realizes that's not quite right. Yeah. So he has to. No, that's not quite PC. It's difficult yeah, to tell so with the weird gel ones. Yeah, so he has to come up with then, that. But he also he already cocks it up by just you know, describing him as handicapped rather than disabled. Well, handicapped himself is an unPC term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, no, but does. the plural. He says the handicaps. Handicaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got no idea, especially in two thousand one. <laughs> no idea. Oh. He's got but no idea. He's got no idea what's PC, what's not. He's yeah. well-meaning, though, really. Brent he is, well is well-meaning, yeah. He's woefully misguided. You get the and that illustrates the difference, the gaping void between him and Finchie in this what? episode, a genuinely nasty person and someone who's well-meaning but gets it wrong. Yeah, yeah. If, it was, if it was Finchie in, in Brent's position and they put and they let Finchie do a talking head, he wouldn't even worry about being on PC. He would just go no, straight for it. Brent's at, least, Brent's at least thinking about it. He's <clears> trying. <throat> yeah. Fred Bentos. Back out in the office, and Dawn comes in, and actually, she's rather sweetly. He's the only person that gives him a card. Seems like throughout this episode, she's really the only one that cares about his birthday. Did anybody else notice Dawn's hair in this episode? No, no. She's got plaits. She's got plaits. Oh, okay. Especially for Tim's birthday. Do you think it's definitely for Tim's birthday? Yeah, well, it's the only oh, yeah, episode. Do you think she's made the effort? I think so. It's the only I reckon episode. she probably has. Yeah, yeah. probably. She, do you think anyone else in Tim's life has made the effort for his birthday? Well, his mum bought, bought him Hat FM. His mum bought him Hat FM, to be fair. And I know he starts off taking the piss out of Hat FM, but by the end, that's yeah. the one thing. He's, he doesn't want anyone to break it. That's all he's got left. That's all he's got. That's the only good thing that's happened to him that whole day, isn't it? I don't throw Hat FM. How bad is that? At the beginning, he's taking the piss out of the hat, but by the end of the day, he realises that actually that's the best thing that's happened to him all day. It's the, whole, it, it's, yeah. it's the office in a nutshell, isn't it? At the beginning of the yeah. day, it, but anything is possible. Yeah, I got Hat FM, true. but it can only go up from here because Hat FM is shite. Mm. And then at the end of the day, it's like, uh, I got Hat FM, though, that's good. 
And there's yeah. a really sweet scene where you see Dawn wearing hat FM sitting at reception, yeah. just in yeah, the yeah. credits, yeah. rolling at the end. It just sort of shows that she would probably do that, like, oh, I'll wear your silly hat, Tim. You know, like, the only person who kind of really cares. There's a really, like, um, while we're on the subject of Dawn, um, there's a brilliant scene where uh, Lee comes into the office and he's got this huge, huge present. And uh, <laughs> yeah. obviously Dawn, Dawn goes over to say, oh, can you get him over? And they gives him this huge present and sort of Tim's are made up about it. Sits down, it's a huge inflatable cock. <laughs> And yeah. the thing I love about this one is Lee, he looks in his element, because this is probably about yeah. as intellectual as Lee's comedy gets. Yeah, this is the kind of, yeah. this is the kind this of is say he would have bought for the lads in the warehouse. This yeah, is yeah, Lee's yeah, idea, yeah. and as soon as he opens it, Lee, Lee's comment is, you can sit on that if you like, and that's a rehearsed joke. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You can tell yeah, he's been yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, he's been waiting to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. told Taffy, he's going to go upstairs and tell yeah, Tim yeah. to sit on this inflatable But this one. just shows the absolute gulf between Lee and Tim, because Lee's probably thinking, yeah. right, if I was in the warehouse, I'd give these guys an inflatable cock. I'd say you can sit on that if you like, and we'd be laughing about it all day. Yeah. Whereas yeah. It, it it doesn't really it it's, it completely hits a dead wall with, uh, yeah. with, with with Tim and and with Dawn because like it's just not their kind of humour. It's not it's not what they'd be laughing about. But, then but, but Dawn, but Dawn, I noticed did did appear to collude with Lee in buying the inflatable cock. Like yeah. they seem to have bought that gift together. I reckon but with different motives. Yeah, Lee has bought it to slightly undermine Tim. And be like, or I think Tim, really... or, or I think Lee just thinks this is a hilarious, a hilarious. That will make him look and, and, Dawn, yeah. and Dawn's just like Tim's going to hate this, but I'm just going to go along with it because this is going to be ironically hilarious yeah, when yeah. he sees it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could almost say that that um, Tim and Dawn are almost laughing at Lee there, and Lee's almost trying to yeah, undermine Tim a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So there's a way you've been to let behind their comedy, <laughs> <laughs> and there just is, there just is on with Lee. Oh, with Lee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Leaves the dead wood of anyone is, and then David just comes in, and the whole thing falls <laughs> completely yeah. flat, doesn't it? That's he amazing. starts doing his exterminate bits. I love it, and he comes over, and he's just like a machine gun of just jokes as yeah. soon as he can think of anything. I oh, was it exterminate, exterminate, and then. But if you compare this Brett, where I mean, he's telling lame jokes, but he's firing them off to, yeah, to yeah. his credit. They're coming really quick to him. If you oh. compare that to the Brent when he's with Finchie, and he's kind of flustered, and because he's intimidated yeah. by Finchie, that goes to show. Yeah, I mean, just. How when he's making jokes like yeah when he's in his element he can come up and quick even if they are crap. And the other thing that's really funny about this and this is a quote I use all the time if if someone's we're doing jokes with something don't grab it till you got one ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> Gareth grabs it and just can't think of anything. Yeah, Gareth, oh, and then so and Gareth gets it and he's flustered. Like and to say there's kind of shades of Finchie and Brent, but yeah. but Brent is the Finchie and Gareth yes, the Brent. That's a really good he's, he's in yeah, he's, yeah. Kind of, he's flustered. He's intimidated. He doesn't know what to do because he's seen Brent kind of like firing him off really kind of like like a like a you know rapid fire. Mm. And uh, so Gareth grabs the car, yeah, doesn't know what to do, gets busted, <laughs> and then Brent takes it back. Like, don't, don't, don't yeah. take it unless you've got one ready. Yeah, slows it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So after Dawn has given Tim his present, David goes over and has a chat with him. Doesn't really seem interested in his birthday. Just basically is going to talk to him because the camera's on Tim. Yeah, this so is actually a really sad bit. Go on, what happens in this scene? Then? Well, yeah. David tries to cheer him up by telling him about his neighbour Kelvin, who still lives with his parents and is even older, and they lead into. Talking about his parents. Yeah, yeah who's in a home? And yeah, then he says he might as well be home. dead. Might as well be dead. What a thing to say? <laughs> he's trying to cheer Tim up, but he puts such a it ends up being so dark. negative slant on the situation. Which, which goes to show, like, so he spends his whole episode trying to kind of trying to justify what a great comedian he is, and yet he can't even cheer Tim up properly with yeah, a joke. No, yeah. he, he, he just brings down he, he just brings down the whole tone of the uh, of, of the room and, and the tone get... of the show and he ends up talking about how his dad's in a home and he's got dementia. Anyway, he is a vegetable now and that's something we've all got to look forward to. So, happy birthday. 
What an uplifting birthday message there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got to have an honourable mention for Gareth's impression of a sniper shot here. As oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely superb. If I could have gotten a quote, a buzzer out of this for the quiz later on, I would have done it. It's so good. Yeah. And it just does that impression. Good, good spot. That's where I'd be. As if that makes any difference. Who was it who was up there? Yeah. Nobody cares. It was, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Really so, good. so yeah. So, not only do we find out about Tim living with his with his parents in this episode, yeah, we we find out a bit more about Brent's um, situation at home. Where does he say he's got a brother in this? Do we find out he's got a brother? No, no I don't think, think so. Yeah. He just mentions his. So dad, he just mentions his dad. But yeah, so we know that his. We kind of know, you know, what Brent's dealing with outside the office or avoiding outside <laughs> the office, which is his. Yeah. Dad, his dad with dementia. He's a vegetable in a home. Yeah, so kind not, of not a happy home life. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and obviously uh, Gervais and Merchant as writers kind of get get comedy out of this, but it's still like it's still there. You still kind of once you finish the episode, or once you kind of like reflect on the episode, you're like, oh yeah, Brent's dad's a a, a like a, a vegetable with dementia in a care home. That's yeah, and who is that to rush off to see at three o'clock in the morning? I mean, do you know what I mean? Well, that seems a bit unrealistic as well. We all kind of a care home would phone somebody at three o'clock in the morning because the dad's. Getting a bit flustered about a sniper. Well, it wasn't three o'clock in the morning. Probably like eleven. Isn't no, no, it? I'm it's sure like... he says it's three in the morning. I'm, I'm sure. Well, when they're that. still in the middle of the quiz. No, 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 no. No, no. If he was in the middle of the quiz, he wouldn't be going. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so that must have been an interesting thing. Imagine David doing that, but. The next scene is David Brent going around to the rest of the office to sort of pump up some enthusiasm for the quiz. Yeah. And he goes over to speak to um, the finance bods to see if they're all going to be on the same team. And then in the same scene, he talks to Ricky to find out how excited he is about the new quiz. So it turns out this isn't Ricky's first quiz. He's been on Blockbusters. You can see the smile just fade off from David's face as he realizes yeah. actually this guy might be a bit cleverer than me. He might yeah. have something to say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the classic. Brent, presumably, yeah, but you get the impression that he hasn't been he hasn't been to university. So he's kind of presumably got to the level he's at, like worked his way up to being the regional manager of a of a successful paper merchant without having been to university. So there's that kind of, um, I and knowing the kind of person that Brent is, I'm sure he's had kind of like a bit of a hang-up about that, a bit of in social intimidation about that. For yeah, his yeah. So Ricky manifests... The kind of um, the kind of people probably that Brent's been intimidated by his whole life, like he's mm. kind of just naturally smart, kind of um, uh, privileged. I get the impression probably yeah. kind of people. And not only that, he's been on proper quizzes. You know, he's been yeah, on he's proper quizzes. Quiz. Yeah. He's done the gold runs. Yeah. He's won uh, some Walkman and mm. some other bits. He yeah, he's lived Brent's perfect life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just to be on yeah, TV yeah, yeah. for ten minutes. He would have yeah. loved to have been a blogger. Yeah, person, yeah, exactly. Oh, but yeah. it's so he funny how Brent. That. It's so funny how Brent tries to sort of undermine it immediately as well. He said, "Well, you want it with the two or, or the one? No, just by yourself." <laughs> oh, wow, okay, yeah. It's yeah, kind of cheating, isn't it? No, yeah, just one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that does show like a bit of it. And I, I know we were saying that. Oh, you know. Compared to Finchie, Brent's all right. He's not a bully, but that this Ricky kind of in this episode brings out the worst in him because he just gets competitive. He gets oh, a bit, he gets so petulant. Good. He gets, he gets a bit pathetic. Yeah. So for this whole first half of the episode, there's kind of like a running. Brent wants to prove himself to Ricky. He wants Ricky to know that oh, he's no. not only his equal, but like above him. I don't think, I yeah. think Ricky's irrelevant at this yeah. point. He just wants to be on the camera. Outsmarting yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Ricky was just there on his own, I don't think it would be an issue. But he just he cannot lose face in front of the camera. So after that first encounter, he no, no. So he can't lose face with Finchie. I think that's crucial there. Finchie's coming. They always yeah, arrive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But this is all before Finchie, so he almost wants to have a story maybe for when Finchie gets yeah. there. Oh, I, you know, I outsmarted the college boy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And because Ricky has defeated him, 
when Finchie does arrive, Brent has to kind of bring along his, you know, his, big, his, yeah, his, his yeah. big brother into the office. Really and say, Go on, Finchie, Finchie, Finchie will get you. Well, Finchie will the get brilliant you. thing about that is, as soon as Finchie comes in and has his introduction with Ricky and all the rest of the guys, he says, I heard about your Dostoevsky. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, yeah, David so Brent's, Brent's had a conversation with him. Yeah, so that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so he sticks Finchie on him like a dog or like an older brother oh, in the playground so kind of thing. It's, so, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. And Finchie's well up for it because he wants any, again, probably not, not, a, not a university guy himself. No, he wants any opportunity not. he can to bring down this young, uh, this kind of young, the little guy. young gun. And he's, yeah. you know, Finchie. We see later. I know it's skipping ahead a bit, but we see Finchie's quite threatened by Ricky. You know, he's oh, oh definitely, definitely, because yeah. yeah, yeah. Ricky is who Finchie would really want to be. He's a more sophisticated. You know, he's he's genuinely smart. He's girls like him in it, not because he's sleazy, but because he's, yeah, yeah. You know, no, just a charming, yeah. nice guy. I mean, and charming that, guy, yeah. And also quite, in the quite nice, in yeah. the introduction scene with Finchie when he meets the rest of the guys, he sort of starts slagging off students. And obviously, Ricky's yeah. not a student. None of them are students. Well, yeah, but he's been a student. Yeah, but he's not a student. I don't understand. Up on a student. So what? Everybody yeah. that's ever been a student is going to be referred to as a student for the rest of their lives. He's well, yeah, but he, yeah, but he's just out of university, so he's still probably got that student mindset. And I think it's just no, yeah, that's, again, that's it's the whole that's yeah, problem, it's the whole like anti-university thing, which to be fair was probably a lot more prevalent then than it is now because so relatively less people went to uni back in two thousand and one. Like, the expansion so, of higher education hadn't quite taken its effect yet. Without, so it was more like there was more of a, a lot of pl- jobs did still do have a bit of an anti-education culture. And without wanting to mm. generalise. Um, Finchie seems to be kind of probably from a working class background so he's kind yeah. of yeah he's got this he's probably got this kind of like working class kind of like pull yourself up kind of you know yeah, um, yeah not on my money yeah, self made man yeah that's it yeah, exactly. when, when he comes in from the moment he comes in he's immediately Bullying Brent. We've got fat jokes, we've got gay jokes, literally yeah, in the, the first two or three seconds really, of really, being in there. It's really heavy with the gay jokes. Really, really heavy. It's just an onslaught of gay jokes when it comes in. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, as your boyfriend said last night, and he starts I just think making a... But David Brent is just so happy with it, though. He's just yeah, all over yeah, yeah. it. He just can't believe his luck. His best mate's here, and he keeps looking at the camera like, oh my God, can you believe this? Look at this. You're just and absolute then, gold. And there's that golden bit where everyone's just really unimpressed, and the camera just goes back to him, and he just goes, oh, Finchy. Oh, that's like, just just like, come on, fat lad. Yeah, that was by Finchy. And then yeah. he just walks off. I yeah. love that scene. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Finchy says, come on, fat lad. And he, it's like, he, Finchy's the boss. As soon yeah. as he walks in, yeah, I'm in charge David's no longer the boss. David's, Finchy's the boss. David's now the Gareth. And Gareth is now the, well, what's lower than Gareth? I don't know. Because, yeah. Sheila. Yeah, imagine, imagine if, if, when Finchy wasn't there, Brent did have some semblance of order over the office and everyone did respect him and look up to him. Finchie coming in like that, like a thunderbolt, going, come on, fat lad, or not, now as uh, queer as David Brent. Yeah. That would completely undermine him. Luckily Absolutely. for Finchie, Brent's not, Brent doesn't have any respect anyway in the office, but that would completely undermine him in front of everyone, wouldn't it? Mm. And, yeah. and Finchie clearly has no, doesn't care about it, he has no qualms about that at all. And in fact, I mean, Ricky Gervais did actually basically do the same thing again in extras with that um, guy that we used to know from school that came to see him. That seems oh, more or yeah. less yeah. an exact replica of this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, to be honest with you, I thought you were going to say something else, which is that <laughs> you can see from the special features and uh, things like uh, Idiot Abroad, Ricky Gervais in real life seems to be a little bit of a Finchie. He's twice to people like Carl Pilkington, Robin Ince. Um, yeah. 
a tape have you seen that extras feature on extras where he's uh, with the editor Nigel taping Nigel yeah, he that. finds these yeah. kind of weak uh, individuals I would, and yeah. kind of bullies them a little bit not to the extent that Finchie does I, I would and take, it's more it seems more um, reciprocal I definitely know what yeah. you mean but I would take issue with the B word only because yeah. I think it's it's in the interests of comedy and I don't think Ricky Gervais is a bully at all I think he just it's 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 there definitely there's a there's a warmth to between them. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It, Vinch is a manipulative user. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is he's doing it not to have fun. If there was no gains in it for him, he wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He's only there to try and take advantage of these people for his own benefit. If, if David, got, yeah. if David got the sack tomorrow, Vinci would not be interested. As well, as you find out in one of the Christmas yeah. specials. No, he's, yeah, he's yeah. actually he's shown, to Neil. Yeah. It's all about what's in it for him. Right? Yeah. But um, as with Gervais in the documentary, nothing illustrates the absurdity of men more than a quiz. The quiz yeah, is just, his thing. That's why show, this episode's so great. It, to show, yeah. yeah, to show you know what a great man is because he can do well on the quiz. He's a really, boy. I feel like this is a area of comedy that hadn't really been mined before, like the the the, the pub quiz. Mm. It's such like a it's such like British a typical a British institution. Yeah, but really, like Danny said, that Gervais mm. said, really brings out the absurdity and well, the yeah. and, and and the comedy potential of masculinity and his competitiveness, which is kind of which is one of the through lines of the office. So I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Did like men behaving badly have like a pub quiz episode? I, I don't. Yes, I don't I remember. remember, remember, remember one. One. Was when one? you were saying that, I can't ever think about a, a pub quiz. But they say you know, if you want to know what someone's like, look at them what they're like when they're driving. It's the same thing with like, look at what they're like when they're quizzy. Yeah, you know, yeah. the real person comes out, yeah, you know, especially under pressure when it's starting to look. Street. It just brings so out this kind of this frustration and this. Yeah, Bottom did a really good episode so, on a quiz once. I remember oh, that's quite a fun. Yeah, men having badly. Yeah, men having badly. Don't remember all the questions were about actors getting their kit off. They did really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And detectorists. Yeah, detectorists. Yeah, great episode. Okay, so they're actually, but it's still good. It's still good fodder though. I take all that back. Yeah, there is a there is a tradition of doing pub quiz episodes in British. It's perfect for this as well, because not only do you get the quiz and the reactions of the people involved in the quiz, but you get the dynamic of Gareth, who's responsible for writing the quiz. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How seriously he takes that, and he basically takes a whole day off work to write this quiz. Well, you can see, because there's that scene where Tim and Dawn interrupt him. Oh, that's great. And, and this, this scene actually uh, introduces one of, the, I think it's the first instance of one of the great office running jokes of the army innuendos by Tim to Gareth. Yeah. yeah. That, would you would you give a man a lethal blow? I can't believe Gareth doesn't pick up on this by the way. I this can't believe so it takes him until the Christmas special. It takes Lee to tell him in the Christmas special yeah. finally. Even when in this first instance Dawn tries to give him an out. Yeah, Dawn, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Dawn almost gives him a like, come on, guy. But then, then when, <laughs> but he just won't take it. Yeah, when, when, still yeah, still doesn't the wacky it, yeah. 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 yeah, that's great though. Because he just doesn't see it because he's got so much pride. He doesn't want to. And then does that lovely little handshake with Gareth and Dawn. Uh, and, and, he, and, he, you know? and he's so utterly earnest about anything to do with the army. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I mean, this is the happiest that we ever see Gareth. By the way, up until this point, he thinks he's back in with friends with Lee and Dawn because actually that's what he really wants. I think. Well, it's actually interesting. Yeah, now you bring that up, it just suddenly made me think of the difference between Tim and Gareth. And Finchie and Brent, like yeah. this, and, and and this episode really highlights it. This this is an episode which kind of, it even though it's not the main theme of the episode, it brings up a lot about workplace bullying, and to the extent that we've talked about this in the previous episodes, where the, the pranks between Tim and Gareth, and in the first episode it's a little bit more cruel, and then in the second episode, like it eases off a little bit, and it's not so cruel. But there is a difference between Tim uh, teasing or pranking or winding up Gareth, and what Finchie does with Brent. Like it's not cruel. It's more no, just, there's heart to it. There's, yeah, there's a bit of affection underlying. And Tim know, kind of, just cruel. And Tim kind of, um, I guess, 
would kind of leave the door open a little bit for Gareth to reciprocate if Gareth could. Yeah, yeah, Gareth, definitely. Gareth, Gareth, he would, he would allow that. Would allow yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. Give some back. Yeah, he would even want him to. I think he would like it if Gareth was able to. But I'm sure Tim yeah. would love to have someone working opposite him who was on his wavelength. Absolutely, yeah. He's not looking. It's just that Gareth yeah, hasn't it. got that, and maybe Tim's trying to train him up so that he can. Absolutely, yeah. Tim's not looking for a victim like Finchie is. He's looking for mm. someone who can bounce off and have a bit of a laugh with yeah. him, really. That's why he gravitates to Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. It's inter- interesting as we're talking about Lee and Dawn they, they, and Tim. There's quite a bit of development between Lee and uh, Tim in this episode. In episode two, we spoke about how you know Lee perhaps doesn't see Tim as much of a threat. But then in this episode, there's this scene where they're sitting around. They're talking, like a coffee, I guess about. it's a coffee break. That's a brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then it, it, what? Because you're such a, a high flyer. Lee's discussing the future plans of Tim and Dawn. And a really depressing a plan as well. Yeah. Also, yeah, because obviously the beginning of the scene is where. Lee is describing the rest, how the rest of their life's going to pan out, and you can imagine like some people have got the, these amazing dreams, and this is kind of a link back to the lack of ambition of anybody in this office. Mm, yeah, he sees the ideal future, living with his mum, Dawn getting a few kiddies out, and part then his mum looking after job. them, and a part-time part cleaning job as well. Job. I mean, that's yeah. so depressing. And then obviously Dawn makes a joke about it. Does you say the dreams? And suddenly Lee <clears throat> takes offence. All he has to do but is but laugh. I think, that, I think the fact that Tim laughs, it's kind of like shows Tim would want so much more for Dawn than that. He believes in her so much more. But and then, Tim's not exactly doing much to make his own situation better, is he? No, he's, he's not. not. He's not he's that's not why do... you want to give Tim a shake. Yeah, exactly, because he's, he's frustrated. He, 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 he laughs at Lee, and he clearly looks down on Lee, Like whether it's because he just feels intimidated by him because he's got Dawn. He's he's clearly... look. He does see himself as a bit more like superior to Lee. But yeah, I yeah, think so. The things he laughs at that Lee's got planned... There's no reason why what there's there's nothing to say that Tim wouldn't go in that direction because he's not doing anything yeah. about it, is he? He's not following he's, his ambitions. He's laughing yet. so much. But what I also plans. noticed with Lee there was he he clearly stored that you know little little mocking laugh from um, Tim and took his revenge towards the end of the episode yeah, with throwing his shoe over the pub. And I think deep down inside he knows that Dawn wants to be an illustrator. He knows that she probably doesn't like that little plan. So that's why he goes off like a rocket as soon as all he yeah. has to do is have a little laugh at something that Dawn's actually said. So it's Dawn. It's, who's, it's actually it's Dawn. Who's, it's Dawn who's actually making fun of the plan. We kind of touched on the whole the, the class issues and kind of Finchie being a working class character. I mean, Lee is also clearly without again what what to generalise. He's obviously a working well, yeah, class character. Yeah. Everyone in as as Tim makes a joke about. I think it might even be in series two where he's t- giving a tour of the warehouse. The people in the warehouse are kind of generally the working class characters. Tim makes a joke about it himself. Yeah, but, 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 and so. Lee, I mean, we don't really see much um, of these coffee breaks in, in the show, so we don't know if Tim comes up here every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tim Lee has made the effort to come up, you know, from 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 one class level in the warehouse to the next class level in the in the yeah. main office, upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He is a bit yeah. upstairs, downstairs, and he's made and, and kind of as a slight defensively, he's made the effort to come up there to try and get onto their level. And he's probably this is probably his worst nightmare, like mm. kind of being put down a little bit by this kind of snot, snotty kind of student. university yeah. student yeah. lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We we kind of back to that who, who, who laughs at his kind of humble kind of plans for for, for Lee and Dawn. It's interesting. This really highlights how they follow a very cohesive theme throughout each episode of The Office. I'd never really noticed it before. They explore a definite theme. Well, this know, is yeah, class, you only, you only find out about things by hashing it out and talking about it. For yeah. A while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and now we want to just jump to a quick word from our sponsors uh, because without them, we would not be able to bring you this podcast for free. Here they are. The Gardeners, a friendly, welcoming atmosphere for gatherings, parties, and all the family. 
Come on down on Thursday night where you can get a pint of Courage Bitter straight from our local brewery and a choice of chicken and mushroom or steak and ale pie for only $8.95. We pride ourselves on award-winning pies that have been in the top three of the Slough Gazette Great Local Eats Award for three years running. So if you want a really good pie, it's the gardeners, guys. Even if the best people don't show up, you're sure to have a great time with us. Do you? So now we've got the moment that we've all been waiting for, or rather that Finchie and Brent, I suppose, have been waiting for for most of this episode, which is the quiz. So we're downstairs, I assume, in the office. I mean, it seems like we're still in the office, but it's it like a bar. It seems like well, it's I'm... like a, maybe a social club that's part of the office block. Yesterday was the only time I picked up on the fact that, oh, they're not a separate pub. They're at some kind of rec room in the Wernham Hog building. It's and I was thinking, is that normal for an office? There it's is a, a bar there. Though, yeah, so it's like actually a, within Wernham Hog. It's, 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 there's like, there's some is it, I always assumed they'd gone kind of on a little trip no, out for the night. What, and then go back to the office to throw their shoes over the pub? Yeah, no, 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 you're right. They're inside the office because when they come there's out... It's like some kind of rec room, I guess. They must be because there's a bar there as well. There's there's a cool bar that. there, which is quite unusual for an office. From the beginning, I, I think they're in a big office block with a lot of other offices, so that that facility might be shared but by But would that be allowed to, yeah. to, to, to have a bar, a working bar? Yeah, place. I think so. I don't agree with that. I, I, I work place. Place. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening has any suggestions on what it is, yeah, someone, yeah, someone, someone, it, someone yeah. get in touch or write on write on the yeah. comments. Yeah, um, can I have everyone's attention, please. Welcome to the seventh annual Wernham Hog uh, Quiz Night. Part of this quiz, we have a couple of talk. In fact, we have three talking heads on this one subject, which is about how important it is to win to David Brent and Finchie. And obviously, the one time that they didn't quite almost win was one where there was a bit of a discrepancy over the answer to a particular question whether or not, what, what type of alien is Mr. Spock? And back and forth, it turns out that this was a huge deal. I'd love to have seen it, by the way. I'd absolutely <laughs> love to have, if they could have gone back with the cameras and showed mm. us this, because he, he went home to get the book yeah. to prove. So imagine that, halfway through a quiz, he just cuts the whole thing short, goes home for an hour or so, however long it takes, <laughs> I don't know where he lives, comes back with this book, and everybody else is just sat around in the working man's club waiting yeah. for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the Cruft speech. Oh, the Cruft speech is amazing. Just to, just to finally say, you know, why is it important? You know, a question about Mr. Spock. Oh, can I enter this dog in the Labrador section? No. Why? Because it's not a Labrador. Correct. Can I enter in this Alsatian section? No, for the same reasons. Now get that dog out of my sight. And that's Crufts. I love how he thinks Crufts is like the ultimate arbiter of fair play. As yeah, well. yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it's okay in Crufts, yeah, it's okay yeah, in my office. And that's Crufts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it goes back to that thing of Brent has spent definitely the last three, well, the last three episodes, but definitely this last episode three, defending what a great comedian he is yeah. and how he knows about comedy and how you know he's a chilled out entertainer and he knows all about comedy and entertainment and keeping the troops happy but when it comes to something like that he's just so like pathetic and finickety he just can't let it go he's he's absolutely not this chilled out funny yeah. entertainer yeah. he thinks he is well he's not right very often so when he is he has to make sure he gets he rams it home oh yeah, yeah. He, he hammers home the point when he's right he's like ah <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, and we see it later on in the episode. Yeah, we're ah, you're yeah. shit, ah, you're shit. Ah. There's a wonderful moment. He's very competitive, you know. There's That's a wonderful moment. Pride. There's such a good moment just after this as well when he gets the phone call from his dad. And obviously, we know his dad's in this care home. And I think this is the only other reference to him in the whole show. But his dad's going a bit crazy, calling out for him in the night. And Brent uh, basically pretends that he's slowed under at work. But it doesn't stop him from cheating in the quiz. Because yeah. he asks the doctor, doctor uh, who sang in the summertime? Who sang in the summertime? Mongo Mongo it, shows you, it shows you just how preoccupied Brent is, just how much this means to him. Yeah, exactly. This, this quiz and this proving that him and Finchie are this dynamic duo. 
Yeah. You know, it means everything to him. It's eclipsed everything else. It's eclipsed Tim's birthday. It's eclipsed his dad being yeah. in a care home. It's eclipsed absolutely everything. Well, we, we, we realised through the course of the series, and this is probably the first indication of it, that above comedy, what he wants people to think about him as is this um, kind of sage, this kind of wise yeah. man of the world. So more than being a comedian, he wants people to think of him as being clever, which I guess goes back to... I haven't thought about this before, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about his kind of his hang ups about maybe not having been to university. Oh yeah, of, of course. If he yeah. can so if he can educate somebody on something or yeah, yeah. enlighten them on something. Or prove or, that he's smart, just or, prove, yeah. generally he wants someone that he's to say either you're a funny guy or my god you're deep, David. Yeah, yeah. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He wants yeah. to be everything though. He wants to be suave, he wants to be he just funny, wants, yeah. he wants to be a ladies' man. He wants to be a man of the people. Yeah. He, yeah, he, does. Yeah, he does. He just wants, yeah, he wants to be Leonardo da Vinci. And he's trying to be all those things. He wants to do the ultimate and everything. He wants to be a renaissance man, like yeah. da Vinci. Yeah. He wants to be the ultimate yeah. and everything, and he's obviously not. And if he just kind of relaxed a little bit and focused on one thing, if he, if he even yeah. just focused on being the best boss he could be, everything yeah. else would kind of fall into place, but he can't yeah. do it. He's just so desperate at all times. And it might be it's because again, the camera's the Yeah. So the thing, the thing I love about this way. quiz, the thing I love about this quiz is... That obviously we start to see that the titans of the teams, which are obviously Ricky and Finchie, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Getting yeah, more yeah, and more yeah, competitive yeah, yeah, as yeah. it goes on, and I think this is one of the things I particularly love about this is that they're starting to act very drunk, but also Ricky. Do you know what I mean? He's been quite sort of smooth and sort of uh, yeah, he's been throughout reserved, the episode. Yeah. Keeping and then, down, yeah. exactly. And now he starts to get. I mean, whether it's Finchie that's obviously brought it out of him, but he starts to get really competitive. I mean, he runs like Finchie, and yeah. uh, you know, Finchie gets him on a technicality on this question, which is a real shame. But I think it almost just speaks to Finch's character. He doesn't really know the answer. Thank God Ricky made that mistake of calling a spider an insect. Otherwise, he would have been embarrassed. But I love yeah. that they did that, though. Because yeah, yeah. no one, no one's ever just a complete hero or a winner in the office. Like even Ricky, no. he's like he's the young, cool, generally likable new temp who you just you want to kind of get one over on Finchy. It doesn't quite it doesn't quite work out that yeah, way. Yeah, because so he doesn't quite get sense. one over. Yeah, no one's they'll never allow it. Yeah, no one's no yeah. one's just an absolute hero. And and by the end of the quiz, Ricky comes across as looking a little bit pathetic. He yeah. Jo- he joins in with trying yeah. to take Tim's shoes off. And, <laughs> yeah, and you can see like Finchy is coming and he's all you know, he's all like the charismatic guy that, you know, Makes everyone laugh, and that just totally goes as he starts losing the yeah, quiz. Yeah, he yeah. loses his he loses his call, his and he just becomes arsey, yeah, cool. difficult. And this is when you see the nasty side of him as well when he starts. Yeah, when he turns on nasty, when, which yeah. comes to a head. Yeah, when he's on the stage to uh, come to, to, to do the yeah, tiebreaker. Absolutely, the, tie, yeah. the tiebreaker is brilliant. And he suddenly like, turns on gas and he crumbles. Scrambling for well, the funny thing about that tiebreaker is, as soon as that he when he's doing the reveal and he's sort of working out the teams, and obviously it's Malcolm and Dennis, which is a weird combo, but upstairs downstairs. Anyway, so Malcolm and Dennis. Well, yeah, it's a good question. I've no idea. I mean, I imagine they've both been there for years. We I reckon they probably. Just, no, I reckon they. Yeah, they probably just signed up both to do the quiz. Yeah. Dennis's warehouse mates have gone. Can't bother to go down. That doubt Taffy's at the quiz. Yeah. No, Malcolm, Taffy wouldn't be at the quiz. Malcolm and Malcolm hasn't got a teammate because he's an arsehole. People hate. And then, uh, so he has to go with uh, Dennis. Oh no, I imagine they're friends. I, I imagine Malcolm and Dennis have been friends for a long time, and you don't really see much really? of Dennis other than. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're both sort of they're quite friendly when they shake hands when they, you know. I'll finish third or fourth or whatever it is. Speaking of Dennis, which we'll probably never get an opportunity to do again, have you guys ever seen The Big Train? No. I saw Big Train. It's sketch of Simon Pegg. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. There's, a, there's yeah. A, a sketch of that. It's bizarre. It was kind of a bit of a surreal uh, sketch show. It, there's this bizarre sketch in it where it's um, a, a, a man's um, working, like, like the, the day in the life of this guy, just kind of following and going to work and stuff. Okay. It's, it's narrated by a little child who's saying, my name's Tim. Like, you know, I'm 40 years old. I go to work. Blah blah. 
Dennis, the guy who plays this old little chubby old guy who plays Dennis, plays this guy, and he gets up out of bed in the morning of the sketch, and he's completely stark bullet naked. What, Dennis? Dennis, the guy who plays Dennis <laughs> in the office. In the big train, you see him naked. You see, you see everything. Oh, wow. We'll pop a link to that uh, yeah, on this that. podcast. So every time I see, I see, in episode two, when you see him laughing at the shagging the dog, I was like, is that the old naked guy from Big Train? And then in this again, yeah, it's just right. so bizarre to see Dennis. So if you're listening to this now, if you click on the left-hand side of the podcast next to links, we'll put a picture of Matt, oh, no, Dennis stark bullet naked. So yeah, we'll try, we'll try and find a sketch on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can find one of Malcolm as well. Yeah. Oh god. There's nothing funny about it. Now, the big point is that it comes down to a tiebreaker, and Gareth looks like he's the more excited than he's ever been when he's announcing yeah. his tiebreaker. Like it's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to him. So then obviously then Finchie and Brent end up losing, and that's when Finchie's oh, right. Finchie just turns on Brent instantly. Finchie's just so Pissed off with Brennan. Uh, yeah, Crucifies says, David. It's yeah, all his fault. Absolutely. It's no wonder this place is going down your plan. You're a waste of bloody space. Yeah, properly lays into it. It's really, 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 really personal. Harsh. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Dawn goes back to that kind of mothering role from yeah. episode one. Correct. Like, all right, leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which, show, which shows that Dawn does have some affection. Of course, oh, because we're like, going to see him getting mistreated. Because since, really, since the end of episode one, we, we got a lot more than I remember of in episode one of interplay between... Uh, Brent and Dawn, and we yeah. said in episode yeah. one, it's almost like a kind of mother-son relationship. Um, that didn't that, did, that didn't really reoccur in episode two, no. but it comes back here in this. Yeah, scene. exactly. And then and it, show, it shows that, t- that Dawn's quite an empathic character. You know, she cares about people and she's sensitive to their feelings more so than a lot of characters. Well, I think which I mean, is why she's, she's such a mismatch with Lee. He's completely unempathic. I, I mean, I think she would have done that if she'd seen Brent doing it to Gareth. It's just that she doesn't want to yeah, see someone yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, she doesn't I mean, want people. It's, it's not yeah, specifically yeah. Brent. Even though, David, even though Brent's done these horrible things to her, like that practical joke in the first episode and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, she's the only one that comes to his defence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that yeah. speaks volumes. The fact that she... Maybe it's just that she's the sort of maternal it's the, character. It's the, and it's the female presence as well. It's all around it. And this is a theme that comes up a lot in Gervais and Merchant's work. Mm. There was, there's just a bunch of lads, lots of testosterone, and Dawn... I don't think Dawn is there, so it's just Dawn is the only kind of female presence there to just go alright everyone just, just, just yeah, calm right. down it's getting silly now there's a huge theme of rivalries in this episode because Lee and uh, Tim's rivalry comes to the fore again there and Lee uses it as a very subtle way to undermine because everyone's caught up in the absurdity of this throwing a shoe over the pub so no one's really noticed that Lee is undermining Tim massively well here. yeah and the catalyst for all of this is when Dawn actually stands up for David and says you know, um, mm. just because they beat you, and if you hadn't said that last yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah. they beat me. Yeah, yeah, they beat me. I could list you a hundred things I could beat them at. Like yeah, what? Yeah. Throwing. Right. And they all just have a little laugh. And again, I think it's quite because the they're the way pissed. Dawn kind of goes throwing. Like, yeah. you are ridiculous. <laughs> Finchy, the, the only way he can save face is to show a test of strength. Like, yeah. intellect's gone out the window. He lost the battle of wits and intellect to the college boy. To, to, <laughs> yeah. So he has to just rely on... This is his last resort. He has to rely right? on his last resort, which is that, right, I'm definitely stronger than him. And, and yeah, Gareth, yeah. Gareth joins in, ganging up on Ricky, doesn't he? He goes, he's throwing a kettle over a pub. What have you ever done? Yeah, well, that's exactly. the thing. Like, but, but, but the team split, don't they? Yeah. Like, you, you can yeah. see exactly who, who who's alive or who. Yeah. It's Brent and Finchie and Gareth. They're like the little Weasley, little wormy yeah. boys. And then there's, there's, there's uh, Tim, Dawn, Ricky and, and Tim and Dawn. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, they're equally as bad, kind of, when it comes down to it. Absolutely. I mean, they take the piss out of them for proposing this challenge, but why do they take them up on it? 
I don't understand. Is it just to indulge them? Obviously, they just don't care. Do they, they don't know. They know they've won the quiz. Yeah, they, they know, know it is. They know everyone else. A bunch of sad little men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Fair play to Ricky. I mean, you know, to calling him on it and to calling David a sad little man when as well as Finchy. He's his boss. Yeah, but he calls forget. David and Finchy sad little men. But and Gareth imagine... only defends Finchy. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> saying, yeah, David is a sad little. But man. imagine the next day when Ricky has to go into the office and he's completely hungover. He'll just go back to head down, being nice and polite, because he got brought out of him because he got competitive and drunk. I mean, it's kind of. And that's the thing about him not. I can see myself in that. Like you know, he would. In, 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 the, in the cold light of day when he's in the office he'll be deferential to Brent mm. he'll be he'll keep his head down he'll be nice and polite <laughs> but yeah when it got down to it when he kind of he showed what he would be like around his mates which is just more kind of you know yeah, no, a bit no, more confident and a bit more outgoing but still he, so they, they obviously know that this isn't the real quiz but they decide to take them up on the offer of this challenge anyway but then obviously Lee gets involved whether this is a sort of you know, uh, lingering resentment from earlier on in the class. I think it is. I think, I think it is. It is uh, I think it is a little. So bit, yeah, yeah. he grabs him and he says, "Oh, let's do the birthday boy. Let's do the birthday boy. What a prick!" And anyway, <laughs> so then they they pull him down. They take his shoes off, and Finchie goes outside, throws Tim's shoe over the building. Poor bastard! It's his birthday, and Tim's left without a shoe. And again, so Finchie wins again there's no like oh Finchie's going to get his come up oh, he's, he's awful, not going to do it Ricky's going to win no they called they, they called uh, Finchie's bluff they said he won't be able to do it and he does it and it's like oh, okay well who wins so no now one. officially no one's a winner so, yeah well exactly <laughs> no no one's winner, really. they, all, they all lose <laughs> they all lose and the person who loses the most is Tim who's his 30th birthday yeah, <laughs> I was going to say and so that's what I like about this and it brings it back to Tim and so yeah. you kind of just get this lingering kind of like shot of Tim just on his own everyone leaves Dawn goes up to Tim and says do you want some help Lee straight away just like, come away. on, come yeah, on let's no. go let's go but so we're left with just the the episode ends with just Tim on his own having to skulk and get no, it doesn't no it doesn't it ends oh, with yeah, walking down the street and then, and then Gareth coming in with the inflatable cock he tries to kick it over and then looks around and then runs up like dashes up like a five year old that's a brilliant Tim's just left without any shoes on having to walk around the corner he's got hat FM on and he's just left with, yeah like we said at the beginning of the episode he starts off He's kind of a bit, kind of like uh, dismissive of Hat FM, and in the end, that's the one good thing that's happened to him all day. He's got one thing I noticed as well was when they say, when they say uh, someone go round and check her, is straight away Sheila nominates herself. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, really yeah. at the bottom of the food chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Isn't she? She's totally subjugated by the company, and she's just you know yeah, it came right past me. Quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, how, how, me. how, <laughs> should, should, should she not have picked it up and brought it back round? To well, she probably does. I bet they meet in the middle. Yeah, right? yeah, they meet probably. around the corner, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, and then Tim just has to walk <laughs> off with, with, with Hat <laughs> FM. That's a new level of analysis right there. I wonder if Sheila and Tim met half <laughs> in the reality of the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, perhaps we're going into too much detail here. Remember, they learned. If The Office is about anything, it's about people trying to fill that. I call it, well, I don't call it, a great psychologist called Victor Frankl called it the existential <coughs> vacuum, mm. which is this big empty space that a lot of people in our modern culture feel, and I guess would then, where, you know, what is your meaning in life? And you fill it with really meaningless stuff, be it, be it being a great comedy duo, be it romance, be it machoism, being competitiveness, some and kind how, of greater purpose. Yeah, and how when you, the mundanity of their sort of day to day life. And how when you reach that uh, that <coughs> that thirty year old uh, precipice, which which yes. Tim's at, you realise I've got to do that soon, or I'm not going. I'm never going. Yeah. I'm going to end up like Brent because mm. he didn't. And now look at him. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of themes in the office, I think, which I never picked up on the first time round of sort of existential frustration. That's where these characters they're yearning for more in their lives. You know, if you look yeah. at any office in the country, you'll meet characters who want more from their lives than what they're currently 
presented with. So there's a kind of sadness in there too, right? In a way. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because I in mean, a way. I'm sure. In a way. <laughs> I'm sure that when it first came out, lots of people picked up on that kind of thing. But us being, you know, 15, 16. Oh, 15. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. We watched it and we obviously, we really liked it. We saw the funny characters. We were like, oh, you know, that awkward moment, that's probably a bit like, I, I, I can relate to that from when I was at from, you know, when I'm at school, yeah, you don't really understand the um, the, the deeper side of it. The kind of yeah. the, the the Tim being at a crossroads in his life, the Brent looking back and kind of like with with, with regrets or kind of with frustrations and seeing the yeah. last chance to do something with himself. You don't really appreciate that until you get a bit older and you've been through those kinds of mm. things yourself, or until you've seen that in life. So it's mm. one of those. It's that's the the, the genius of it is that. After two viewings, after fifty viewings, after seventeen years of viewings, it still rewards these kind of this look back and this analysis, which kind of like because it's got so much going on underneath the surface. Mm. Well, and I, I think they've deliberately left a lot of stuff open to interpretation, which gives us a great in to sort of laboriously <laughs> discuss it. You know what I mean? I yeah. was saying, you say you didn't get it. I understood it perfectly when I was 17, but I was a very depressed teenager, so <laughs> different story there, I guess. I just thought... Well, insight into Danny's own existential crisis. Hope I don't end up like Tim. Or like Kelvin. But I didn't. I ended up like David. So. Or like Kelvin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Kelvin, yeah. <laughs> so, quiz? Quiz on yeah. the quiz? Definitely quiz on the quiz. Yeah, yeah, quiz yeah. On the quiz. Quiz. Now, this week... The quiz, everyone. It's an extra long quiz, so I'm, but I'm going to make it short because I'm going to be going quick fire. So you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on. Are please. you getting it down? Because I, you know you're not doing short, and I'm going to be. <laughs> and in right. fact, who's going to keep score? So I keep score. Yeah, you've got to keep score. It. We're doing it, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's, let's start again. Or, or am I? Start again with or the introduction. Okay, right, Jack. Can I hear your buzzer? I'll get that dog out of my sight. <laughs> okay. James, can I hear your buzzer? It's difficult to tell with the wheelchair ones. Okay. <laughs> Seth, can I hear your buzzer? Look at his ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number one. And if you want to play along at home, then just get a pen and paper out. You've got to be quick, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, question one. You've got to be yeah. quick. Okay, for two points, whose work does Tim love? I'll get that it's dog out of my sight. tell with the wheelchair ones. I heard get that dog out of my sight. Go on. Okay, uh, right, no, I'm not the dog. I'm not okay. the dog. You're the dog. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm a dog. Okay. Alan Delon. Alan Delon. And who else? Marcel and Proust. That's actually. two points to Jack. Question number two. How many years in a row has Brenton Finch won? I'll get that dog out of my sight. I know James, James is trying James, to James, you, 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 you were James. Six years. Six years, correct. Okay, question number three. What's Ricky's favourite work by Dostoevsky? I'll get that dog out of my sight. How's it dead? No, Raw Youth. The Raw Youth. It was. It was the Raw Youth, James. I heard it from James first. I'm getting stitched up here. No one can hear my buzzer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is for. um, We'll make it for three points. One for each team. So, which three teams do not get a point over the in the Mister Spot fiasco? (laughs) Okay, I heard everyone there. That was James. James James first. Okay. All right. Carpet Munchers don't get a point. Yep. Doctor Wankenstein doesn't get a point. Yep. And Stephen Hawkins football books don't get a point. Uh, Correct. Oh. <laughs> okay. So just 
Kane in this week. That shouldn't be worth three points, to be fair. That's too easy. No. Yeah, I'll have it, one nonetheless. Point, one point. One that was the easiest No, 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 no. He said three points. Okay, right, three he said three points. points. Right. Okay, right. He said three points. Right. Danny, I thought this was going to be quick fire. Yeah, because yeah, right. okay, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a bit... You know, right, um, we're going to make this a two-pointer. All right. Just make it up as he goes. Who, yeah. wrote, who wrote the song 19? <laughs> Paul Hardcastle. Paul Hardcastle. Yeah! Come on. I'm getting stitched okay, up. Yeah. Okay, you get, okay, uh, okay, we'll get that to you, Seth. Yeah, Two points. Why can't I do it? Because Seth needs a point. Because Seth needs points. And, and oh, he, yeah, man, he's pity getting stitched points. up. Is that the name of the game now? Pity points? Question number six. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? I'll get that dog out of my sight. Suez Canal. Yeah, correct. The Suez Canal. Question number <laughs> seven. This is quite a difficult one. So again, I'll make it two points. Who does Ricky confuse Howard Jones with? I'll get that dog out of my sight. Canal with the ones. I heard the dog first. Oh, I just, I, I literally, I looked him up yesterday because oh, I wanted to know who he was. Oh, I know, I know. Nick Kershaw. Nick Kershaw. Nick Kershaw. Nick Kershaw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't just bite it yeah, like no, that. Jay, that's that's James, outrageous. That's James. That's James. Don't worry. Fuck I don't know. Man. I don't even know that Come James on, Danny, knew that. Pull your finger outside. Okay, right, okay, we've got three questions to go. They're all going to be one pointers because they're quite easy. Um, who had a hit with Don't Speak? I'll get a dog out of my I can hear everyone. Go Danny. Make a decision then. Seth? No doubt. No doubt, yeah. Right, okay. Next question. Who did no David... Doubt about that. Which Sorry, question? Who did David Brent say had a hit with Don't Speak? Fallen on Blondes. Fallen on Blondes, yeah. correct, Jack. Everyone knows these ones. Yeah. Question yeah. number 12. Now, very sad... Well, I'm not going to say anything, actually. Who finished third in the quiz? I'll get that dog out of my sight. Malcolm and Dennis. Malcolm and Dennis, yes. So, okay, well, we have scores. four points for Seth, five points for Jack... No, five points for James. Ooh, we've got a tiebreaker. Oh, so, yeah, we've got a tiebreaker yeah, yeah. tie situation. This is a crucial conundrum. Yeah, yeah, it's no, not going to be the tiebreaker, is it? Yeah, we're going to have to no. well. It's only a tiebreaker if one of us... Yeah, because it's not yet necessary. Jack, can you throw a kettle over James's house? <laughs> 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 right. Closest person to the year gets it, right? In what year did Dostoevsky's House of the Dead come out? Can we get, when he did he, he die? For, he lived from 1821 to 81. Right. When did he write House of the Dead? Both write it down. And I've got this so. date in my head for something, so it must right, be. Right, okay. Okay, I've seen Jack's date, and I've seen James's. Oh, Jack wins, because James puts 1841, Jack's puts 1861, Everybody's got one, one win so far, so that means I suppose it's going to be the tiebreaker is the training episode. Yeah. Which is good, because I, I think so. that's one of those episodes that's universally agreed as one of the best. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how, yeah... I think it's generally considered the best. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, of course, the winner of our Office UK Greatest Quotes. Yes, it was. Yeah, absolutely. So again, if, oh, you're not, yeah, yeah, if you've yeah. not been involved in that or you're not seeing the uh, the groups, we put out a kind of a World Cup style knockout tournament for all of the episodes uh, in chronological order, basically against one another, right through to the end. And absolutely, training just stormed it, didn't it? It just pissed oh, it. Exactly. But there were no Christmas specials. The yeah, Christmas specials. No Christmas I think I think training still would have won. I remember when you when you put up that bracket, and I think the, the second on the, the second round was mm. uh, quiz versus training, and I remember saying to you on Facebook. Whoever, whichever episode wins this will win the whole thing because they're both like just the nailed on classics. Yeah. Training and the quiz. Because they're kind of, of because they are, as we said at the beginning of this episode, they're kind of, they're, they're standalone episodes. You can say, oh, mm. yeah, that's that one. That's the one where they have the pub quiz. 
that's the one where they have the training day. Like with New Girl and with the pilot, you could mm. say, oh, that's that one. I mean, you could say that's yeah. the one where Gareth does his investigation, I guess. Yeah. But that's not like the plot of the episode. They're more standalone episodes. Yeah, I yeah. think, yeah. Plus, there are two episodes where they take them out of their natural environment, yeah, as well, which yeah, is yeah. always fun. And that's yeah. why the Christmas specials are so good as well. You know, I mean, everybody loves an Emmerdale episode where they go to Spain. I mean, they do go to Florida for a scene, but they could have done yeah, more Yeah, briefly. And, like, and, and, only Fools and Horses when they went to Margate. That was good. Or one, oh, yeah, I love that episode. Or the classic yeah. one for me is One Foot in the Algarve, which when I was oh, a kid, gosh, <laughs> when I was a kid, that was the only episode of One Foot in the Grave I'd ever seen. So true, I though. thought, oh, we're always in the Algarve, all right. Yeah. <laughs> they are always a good episode, though. You're right, this is sort of a trend in sitcoms. Like, if you, you remember having badly when they went down to the beach and stole that big fish. Yeah. Bottom, when they go out to go camping for the night. And, like, young ones, they go to the pub. They're always sort of quite iconic episodes that stand out from yeah, the rest. But, yeah. yeah, but the ones that, yeah, are kind of just like, they're but, called, in, in but the, the only, in the industry, they're called episodes. They only work because they're rooted in a very specific environment, ninety-nine percent of the time. Yeah. So they only work as a contrast to where they. Do you know what I mean? They they stand out because they're unique. Because normally they're in this office all yeah. the time, and they're usually accompanied by a one-off character that you don't often see again. Yeah, yeah. Like Rowan yeah. in the training episode. I mean, we'll come on to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. About that, but yeah. But it's yeah, it's it's fun to see now. Now, but watching it in chronological order, and as I've been trying to do when I've been watching the episodes back for this podcast, watching them in chronological order, trying to just put everything else, all the everything else, out of my mind. So I'm just trying to imagine what it'd be like to watch it for the first time. Mm. We're now we're 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 on the ground now. We're running. We've really kind of at the end of episode three, all the all the character dynamics are there. I know exactly what yeah. to expect. I know what kind of humor to expect. We've had some classic quotes. You know, it's just I. You would know at the end of episode three whether this is the show for you. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's and yeah. we've all agreed it's it's a show for us, the ultimate show for us. Like mm. this is. Yeah. I mean, by the end of episode three, when I was watching it on TV, I knew like right, this is gonna this is gonna be a classic sitcom because it was just everything was there, it was all in place. Mm. We were only three episodes. That, in, that is a classic. Which is actually a quarter of the way through the whole run. <laughs> Out of 12 episodes. Yeah, well, yeah. including Christmas specials. But Thinking yeah, about how it really hits home how short English series are, doesn't it? Yeah. Where, yeah, mm. we're three episodes in. God, it feels like we've only just started. And imagine it? how many did the UK one, the, the US one got? Oh, like, that, that was like, yeah, yeah. That was like nine series, wasn't it? We're not doing this for American office. Maybe at some point we'll do a comparison, just a one-off comparison episode. Yeah. Maybe between, se between series one and two, maybe we could do like, fact, an episode where we compare the UK to the US. Absolutely. So in fact, we've, we've been talking about this actually because obviously we're really enjoying doing this, but it's, we're very conscious that obviously we're only we're already a quarter of the way through. <laughs> so we've only got another nine more episodes really to do with the exception of the Christmas specials. So we want to do a few specials and I think Jack just mentioned there that we want to do one where we compare the two American versus the UK. Just as so a one-off episode. As a one-off special. We wanted to try and get some feedback from you guys, the audience, just let us know some of the topics that you'd maybe like to hear us talk about and actually any other ideas for some specials. Email them in, send us the messages on Facebook and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, what would you like to hear start getting with now that now that we're recording as the episodes are going up we can start interacting we can start getting involved yeah. so, and yeah. just as a message on that obviously this is the first episode we've recorded since we've released our first episode so I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's downloaded and listened to us so far because yeah. the feedback we've had so far has been absolutely amazing. So by the time you hear this, we'll probably be on episode five. So if you want us to talk about anything in particular for the last couple of episodes, drop us a message or anything like that. Maybe some quiz questions for Danny because obviously these today were ridiculously hard. Big thank you to everybody that's listened and we hope you enjoy the next episode and, and obviously this one. Um, and if you haven't already, just like our page. It's uh, Wern and Blog. You can find us on Facebook. We're also at Wern and Blog on Twitter. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you happen to be listening to it. Um, what else do people normally say at the end of podcasts? I think there's been a rate up there. <laughs> <laughs> Boring, isn't it?